The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. and wastelanders to this episode of the fallout lore cast this week we're going to dig into one of the most notorious raider groups in the wasteland the cons the cons we've mentioned before if you recall our episode about vault 15 the cons were one of the groups that shows up in fallout 1 along with the Vipers and Jackals. And they were three individual raider groups that all came from Vault 15. Now, as a reminder, Vault 15 was the vault that originally had a very diverse group of people. And it seems like they couldn't live together harmoniously. So things broke down and then you ended up with the people who were left in the vault and then a bunch of raider groups, basically. So the cons show up in Fallout 1, Fallout 2, and in New Vegas, but under different names and for very specific reasons. And I thought this would be a fun episode to go through and and take a look at who they are, what they're doing, and why they why they can't seem to go away. <laughs> they stick around and just when you think they're dead and gone, they come back. A lot of the info I'm pulling for this week comes from the fallout.fandom.com wiki on the cons, and there are many other good sources you can go check out as well. This one seems to be the most succinct to use in explaining just what happens. So who are the cons? They are a tribe of brutally vicious and semi-organized raiders with a culture based around the basic tenets of social Darwinism. So what is social Darwinism? Well, it's basically survival of the fittest in a modern social context. Basically, the strongest survive. You need to be brutal. You need to force your will on others and you take what you want. And because that's just the way things should be, the strongest are the ones who get the most stuff. Makes sense, right? That seems like a very viable way of designing a culture. Uh, (laughs) But uh, let's move on. They are one of the more formidable of the four groups, the Cons, the Vipers, the Jackals, and the community of Shady Sands, the, the leftover vault dwellers in Vault 15, if you recall, formed Shady Sands. Now, this is also interesting. Most of the Wastelanders also knew the Cons as the founders of the chem trade. They were also known to make Jet, Psycho, and many other addictive chems. 
Their main base in 2161 was located southeast of Shady Sands. At least twice, the cons have suffered a brutal near defeat, but like a phoenix, <laughs> this article says, the group has always managed to rise again from the ashes. So let's talk about the characteristics of the cons. What made it, what makes a con a con? Well, social Darwinism, of course, but then they also lived a lifestyle similar to what they considered would be the lifestyle of Mongol warriors. Uh, Genghis Khan, therefore the name the Khans, was the leader of the Mongols, who basically took over most of most of the world, almost invaded all of Europe accidentally. There's a really cool series in hardcore history about the Mongols. You should go listen to that. But very, very cool stuff. Um, but yeah, they, they liked raiding towns, burning things, capturing survivors as slaves. And it says here that their main target were the communities of Shady Sands for whom they were once shared a vault. So they actually knew the individuals in Shady Sands and Junktown. By 2281, they had been reduced to making and trading chems to the local group of fiends. They usually travel in small scouting bands, but sometimes roam the wasteland in full war parties. The Khans, above all else, respect strength. They are eager in combat to prove their worthiness to the clan by engaging in hand-to-hand -hand combat with fists or clubs. And though most of them prefer melee weapons to firearms, they will occasionally carry pistols and other small arms. Now, this I find interesting because Oftentimes in the, these games, there's actually a, a really core cor correlation between the cultures and the things that they do, the cultures and how they name themselves and what they kind of theme themselves around and more of their actual actions and the things they do. For example, Caesar's Legion. There's a lot of commonality there between uh, a lot of the darker side of the Romans with the violence and and all of the kinds of things that they cherished back in Roman times. Now, what's interesting about this is the Mongol forces were formidable against everyone else in the world because they were really good at ranged horseback combat. Now, what does that mean? That means that the majority of their forces were expert horsemen who could shoot arrows while on horseback, while moving forward or backwards or hanging off the sides of their saddles, there are still places in the world today where they have competitions, shooting competitions in that part of the world where riders will do trick shots and seemingly crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, things that look like the kinds of things you'll see uh, Hawkeye perform in a Marvel movie, but on the back of a horse. And if you can imagine thousands and thousands of soldiers all on the backs of horses, all proficient trick shot, skilled experts with the bow, regular infantry soldiers. Now, when it came to combat, the regular infantry soldiers often stood a good chance against cavalry because they would be equipped with spears and charging cavalry for melee cavalry could be stopped with lines of soldiers with spears, but cavalry that can hit you from a distance that doesn't have to get close can outrun the infantry at every 
at every point. They can move up to range. They can bombard them with arrows. Then they can skirt and move around them faster than the infantry can can adjust. And then they can feign retreat in which the infantry would open up on a full run towards them and then loop back around and rain more arrows down on them. Basically, they played hard to get. It was like going up against, uh, I I would imagine it was very similar to what it would be like to go up against uh, natives in the United States with firearms when they didn't have firearms yet. It's not a fair fight. But the example here says that they were primarily good with hand-to-hand weapons and not small arms. Now, this is one of those imagine the way things could be kind of moments, but I could imagine in, in a retelling of these stories, I would have the cons have motorcycles, fixed up motorcycles, kind of like a Mad Max kind of thing, and pistols or rifles or maybe even shotguns, but having a groups of motorcycle combatants who would outrun their adversaries and be able to, you know, shoot from on top of the motorcycles and do all sorts of crazy tricks and, and things like that. That would be really, really cool. Now, it also mentions here that, that some of them have tire armor. And I think that that's also really cool because when you think about it, there would be the remnants of rubber tires all over the place in the wasteland. Vehicles with old tires on them would be very, very common. Rubber also is a very good dampening material, whether from physical or from uh, ballistics. I would imagine that being hit, if you have part of a rubber tiger, tiger, (laughs) I'm not going to edit that out, tiger, tire hanging on your body and something was to impact it, that it very well could protect you and your skin and your flesh from being wounded. It may not feel very good to wear, but it makes sense that they would put that on. You see pictures of the tire armor more in the older fallouts. And if you look at the pictures in New Vegas, you can kind of tell that maybe some of their outfits were actually made with uh, rubber that was kind of lined and layered almost in, um, in rows. Uh, but it isn't as obvious as the tire armor that shows up in some of the early games. So let's talk about the background of the group and what actually happens in the timeline. During the spring of 2141, four groups left Vault 15. In the winter of the same year, three of these groups became roving gangs of raiders. This included, like I mentioned, the Jackals, the Vipers, and the Khans. The Khans were founded and led by the father of Garl Death Hand, known as the Death Hand, who led them on regular pillage raids. Of course, that's just what they did. Their primary victims were the village of Shady Sands, a community created by the last of the four groups that left Vault 15. Sometime before 2161, Garl Death Hand killed his father and became the leader of the Khans. So ascension through brutal supremacy and power. You kill the leader, you become the leader. After that, they established a base based around a house with some tents and some dwellings for the lower ranked members in the group. Garl continued the work of his father, preying on the towns of Shady Sands and Junktown and others they could get themselves upon who they considered easy prey. 
After a hard day's work thieving, killing, and pillaging, the average traders at times, Garl and his fellow cons, would sometimes go to Junktown to relax with its ladies afterwards. In 2161, Garl was ultimately killed when the Vault Dweller came to rescue Tandy, who had been kidnapped by the cons. So this is very, very important. Tandy main character in Fallout 1 and Fallout 2. She becomes the leader of Shady Sands. She is kidnapped and needs rescue, unfortunately. But of course, you show up and do that, and she becomes a very important character. The Vault Dweller also saves two other slaves owned by Garl and killed all other cons in the con camp, except for one young man named Darian, who it says here was either away from the camp or hiding at the time. Now, that was the one mistake that the Vault Dweller makes when it had to do with dealing with the cons. Because by just leaving that one individual, everything can regrow like a bad disease, like a cold emerging from just one last strain of the virus. Darren became paranoid and obsessed with revenge against the Vault Dweller and Tandy, who later became president of the New California Republic, the NCR. He was riddled with survivor's guilt because he alone had lived while the rest of his gang had been slaughtered. Since the Vault Dweller wiped out the cons, he formed a second generation of cons, the new cons. Since 2161, Darian spent most of his time either gaining as many new cons as he could or out leading his new band of cons on raids. By 2241, however, Darian is an old man. This is the events of Fallout 2. And he led his tribe to Vault 15, the same vault that the original cons came from. Darian made a deal with the squatters who were in the vault at the time to provide them with food and water by raiding the caravans, particularly the NCR. In return, the squatters would conceal the fact that the dangerous band's true headquarters was right below them. As a result, the newly organized tribe once again lived the lifestyle of the Mongol warrior. In an ironic twist of fate, Darian was killed in 2241 by the Chosen One your character in Fallout 2, and also the grandchild of the Vault Dweller. So in wonderful, uh, I don't know, literary wrap-up, the mistakes of the grandfather were fixed in some ways by the grandchild. Now, that's not the end of the cons, because those of us who have played Fallout New Vegas know that in Fallout New Vegas there is a group called the Great Cons. And again, this group is connected to this line, this disease that has been plaguing the wasteland. It says here that following the near extinction in California, Papa Khan rallied the surviving new cons and led them out of NCR territory. Can you imagine the name Papa Khan? Like, that's that's what I'm going to go by, guys. Everyone gets to call me Papa Khan now. By 2267, they had made their home in the Mojave Wasteland and had renamed themselves the Great Cons. They prospered in the ruins of Las Vegas for several years until they were forcibly driven out by Mr. House's Securitrons and his tribal allies. 
The Great Khans resettled at Bitter Springs, where they carried on as before, raiding nearby communities and travelers. Around 2274, the NCR was starting to make its presence felt in the area. The discovery of the Hoover Dam in the remarkably well-preserved city of Las Vegas, now called New Vegas, which you guys will be very familiar with this if you played through any of New Vegas, because this is kind of the main storyline, led to a sudden influx of NCR settlers and tourists in the area and an expansion of NCR influence into Nevada. Now, the Great Khans saw them as intruders and took up the old rivalry where they started assaulting NCR civilians and outposts. And the Khans hoped that Mr. House and his tribes would follow suit and attack the NCR and drive them out of New Vegas. But instead, Mr. House signed the New Vegas Treaty, leaving the Khans as the sole agitators of the NCR, the one thing to stand up against the NCR. With the treaty signed, the NCR now had the time and resources to deal with the Khans. In response to their raids, NCR forces began systematically tracking down con raiding parties in an effort to eliminate them, culminating in the attack at Bitter Springs. Now, unbeknownst to the NCR army and the first recon soldiers participating in the operation, they had stumbled onto the cons, well, the great cons, main encampment. While the warriors fought the NCR army, they sent the weaker cons, namely mothers and their children, as well as the elderly, down a nearby pass. The first recon soldiers were ordered to fire on them until the snipers ran out of ammo, and so they did, killing the fleeing con civilians. Accounts may vary on other details, but the NCR mistakenly believed the settlement to be a raiding camp with disastrous results. The slaughter of over a dozen innocents has been known since as the Bitter Springs Massacre. Along the incident, many of the NCR troopers and sharpshooters that took part in the massacre were deeply scarred. Craig Boone, if you remember Craig Boone from the game, recalls radioing in to inform their command that they were only seeing civilians and that due to poor radio equipment and the fog of war, they were told to fire anyway. If you remember Boone, he was up in the uh, dinosaur. <laughs> he was one of the snipers up in the dinosaur. Uh, and he can become one of your um, traveling companions. The surviving cons were forced to retreat to Red Rock Canyon. They were eking out a precarious existence in a very barren and inhospitable, that's a good word, inhospitable region. And that's when the followers of the apocalypse offered their assistance to the beleaguered warband. They also taught the great cons how to make their own medicine. However, the cons used this knowledge to make chems instead, eventually becoming again the leading distributor of illegal and highly addictive chems in the Mojave wasteland. Disgusted at this perversion of their knowledge, the followers ceased providing assistance and left. Now, everything leads, uh, leaves off at a point here where the great con leader is Papa Khan, and he still blames the situation on the NCR. However, he seems to be the only great con higher up that keeps an ongoing grudge against the NCR and won't even consider the possibility that the massacre at Bitter Springs happened due to a communication mishap. Because of this, in 2281, 
He is deliberating on whether the great cons should ally themselves with Caesar's legion. So this story brings up some very interesting moral dilemmas. The idea that ideologies continue with the people who grew up in them, that they're implanted in our minds, that the things that we believe and the ways that we act are often deposited in us as we, as we grow up. And in a situation like this, you have the cons surviving and rebuilding over generations. And like the massacre at Bitter Springs, there aren't just wild men who raid and and pillage. This community has women and children. And these children grow up in an environment where they are learning that this is the way life should be that one should value strength, that you should take what you can from others, that violence is often the answer, that the world is harsh, that everyone else out there is other, they are the enemy, and only we are the good guys, even though we seem to be doing terrible things to them. But it's justified in the fact that they are the enemy. We've talked about these themes before. So the question I'd pose to you this time is, From the perspective of the NCR, from the perspective of the player character, given a situation where you are taking on the soldiers, quote unquote, of the great cons, then it seems like a a do or die situation. You fight, you protect yourself, you take them out so they can't hurt anyone else, especially if you're standing up for freedom and for uh, a better quality, quality of life across the wasteland. But when it comes to the women and the children and the elderly, do you pull back or do you remove them? Do you eliminate them? Technically, they're innocents, but they're also the individuals who could potentially plant the seed of another Darien who grows to prominence and builds another community and becomes a blight on the wasteland. What would you do? Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. All right, so everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash falloutlore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash falloutlore, expressvpn.com slash falloutlore to learn more. If you have any questions about 
about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. Why don't we ask the newcomer? You support the news? Hey there, Wastelanders and Vault Dwellers and everybody else tuning in. Thank you again for tuning into this episode of the show. I wanted to make a fun announcement this week. Oh, don't forget, the end of the episode has the extended version with the new things going on uh, with our Choose Your Own Adventure. So stay tuned for that. But I did want to note that we have a brand new show launching on the network this week. We talked with um, one of the hosts this week on Robots Roundtable. So go check out Robots Roundtable if you haven't. There's lots of good talk about all sorts of crazy fun things. This week we talked about our favorite movies and favorite whiskeys because... We are welcoming Film and Whiskey, the Film and Whiskey podcast, onto the Robots Radio Network. So go check them out. Super good, high quality show, really good insights about popular movies, the kinds of movies that you might not have seen yet or you, you have seen and you would love to hear their take on it. But then lots of conversation about different types of whiskey that they try while watching the movies. Super good conversation. Go check that out. Uh, as I normally say, I highly recommend it. So this week we're going to go into some reviews and ratings on iTunes at the end. And before that, I wanted to note that we again have some new patrons to add to the list. Thank you, Nami681, our near, our, our near, our new tier two patron. And we also have a new tier one patron as well. Thank you so much to everybody who help support the show. I couldn't do it without you guys. It really, really does help. And, and if you are a tier four patron or higher one week from now, I'm recording this on a Monday, but one week from now we will be having our chat. So we need to schedule that guys. So I'm going to post stuff in the discord, um, on the 26th, the night of the 26th at 9 PM Eastern is usually when we do recordings last Monday of the month. If you are listening to this episode and want to get on that episode, be part of the chat, be part of the group, definitely sign up or upgrade this week to make sure that you can get in on that call. There's four of us right now. So it's going to be super fun. We're going to talk about all sorts of different things, fallout related. And you guys are awesome. I look forward to this every week to, to chat with you guys. So get on that if you're interested. Otherwise, the other ways to help support the show include things like leaving reviews on iTunes and telling your friends about it and that kind of thing. All of that is very, 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 did I mention very helpful. So I really do appreciate that, guys. So this week we have three more, three, yeah, three more five-star reviews to call out. Uh, the first one is from Cryptid Dave from the Cryptid Cast. Hey, Dave, who used to be from uh, Vault Boys WV. Uh, thanks so much, buddy. He writes, uh, lore, 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 the one-stop shop for all the Fallout lore you'll need. So thank you so much. Then we have N period A period R period D, which I think spells nard from the U.S., who writes... Gets me through my day. Five stars. I work long days and this podcast gets me through my toughest times. Thank you, robots, for all your hard work and dedication. Well, you're welcome, Nard. I'm glad I can help you through your day. That really is a big deal to me. I mention that every time somebody mentions this on the show. But, man, helping people get through their day, just making things just a little bit better while you're doing the things you need to do. 
is, I don't know, it seems like one of the best things I could possibly provide anybody else. Then there's Crummy13 from Canada who writes, love this podcast, still playing catch up on this podcast, but loving all the information. Well, thank you, Crummy. I really do appreciate it. Hopefully you catch up to this episode at some point and hear that I read your thing on the show. So thank you to everybody who takes the time to rate and review. And and I really do mean it. You guys are the best. If 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 you took two minutes to mention this show to a friend, then that's huge because that's how shows like this grow. And the more the show grows, the more I can do and the more I can invest in it. And, you know, one of these days, maybe I'll get to a place where I can just focus on podcasts full time. That would be awesome. Uh, so that's, you know, my hopes and dreams for the future. Now, stay tuned for the end of the episode after the outro, where we will continue our choose your own adventure story. So that's it for this week. I will talk to you guys again next week. Have a wonderful week. I've said the word week a lot. See you later. Week. Day. Month. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or follow us and post some messages to us on Twitter at falloutlorecast. And if you'd like to support the show, tell a friend or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon. So you look at your companion and you say, hey, come outside with me just a minute. Uh, excuse us, Mr. Robot, we'll be right back. You step outside, away from hearing, and you speak quietly and you say, listen, it's just a robot, right? We could steal what we need. I don't think it's too dangerous. And he says, oh, well, um, I guess so. I mean, it's not like we're stealing from a person. Yeah, I mean, this this hunk of junk's been here for, what, a few hundred years trying to sell things to nobody? It's not like it's doing anything. Tell you what, you go in there and distract the robot. Try to get his attention over, I don't know, on the shelf behind him. Get him to turn around. I'll see what I can grab. All right. Um, you mind handing me that laser pistol just in case uh it's not a pistol buddy it's a it's a rifle i i know i just like to say laser pistol you, you mind can i hold on to that just in case he gets suspicious and i need to you know shoot him in the head uh yeah that's fine the first thing i'll grab are some weapons so you got it you're gonna get his attention i'll go to the other side of the store i'll pick up what i can and then you look over at me and when i when i'm good I'll give you a wink. All right. All right. All right. Sounds good, buddy. So you two head back into the store and the robot moves to attention again. And your friend walks up to the robot and goes, Hey there, uh, my, my robotic, um, friend. Uh, I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about this, um, uh, fancy lad snack cakes you got up here on the shelf behind you. You see those right there. And the robot turns around and starts talking with your friend. And you crouch down and start looking through the shelves. 
and you quickly pick up a few different weapons. You find a regular laser pistol, which should make this guy happy because he seems to really like laser pistols. You find a double-barreled shotgun. You quickly grab both of these. And then the next thing you notice are a stack of clothes, armor, those kinds of things. And you start thumbing through them, trying to find anything that would be beneficial to you or your companion. And then you notice a dress, a very familiar dress. And just then, the door opens behind you, and a grim-looking man walks in, and the robot turns and looks up and goes, Hello there, sir. Welcome back to the store. What do you do next?